Welcome to Home Health 360, a podcast presented by Eliacare. I'm your host, Jeff Howell, and this is the show about learning from the best in home health care from around the globe. Welcome, friends, to another episode of Home Health 360, where we chat with leaders from around the globe on all things home health and home care. I'm your guest host, Erin Valier, U.S. Director of Sales for Aliacare Software, and today I am joined by one of Aliacare's trusted partners, Mike McSherry, the Director of Strategic Partnerships at Hierology. Hierology powers hiring and talent management for thousands of home care and home health professionals across North America. Mike has a decade of experience in human capital strategy, including work ranging from enterprise corporations to high growth startups. He holds a BA from Indiana University and a JD from Chicago Kent College of Law. A native Chicagoan, Mike currently resides in Austin, Texas with his wife and his dog. Thank you so much for joining me today, Mike. Hey, Aaron. Pleasure's all mine and always fun to, to team up with our, our great partners over to Liacare. So glad to be here. Absolutely. And we have a very relevant topic to discuss today. Oh, yeah. And I am super excited that our listeners are going to be able to walk away with some actionable insights for how we can potentially combat this recruitment and retention problem. But before we hop into the topic, I would love if you can share with the audience how you got into this space of recruitment and retention and what makes you so excited about it. Well, thanks for asking. You know, a lot of times in these presentations, it's just about the company. Nobody wants to know the the guest. (laughs) Um, So I have a bit of a unique career path myself and background and how I got into this position. Uh, But my passion for recruitment and the retention uh, themes and just HR and generally, Aaron, date back to my time as a labor and employment lawyer. So um, out of college, I went to law school. And then out of law school, I practiced at a big firm in Chicago for several years, representing companies in all sorts of labor and employment disputes, issues, uh, even litigation. And, you know, back in those days, a lot of the problems that arose uh, for employers we represented and their staff, it really came down to problematic employees that shouldn't have been hired in the first place. And that was always an area that I thought it was, it was just so vexing for HR, management, you know, owners of companies, because they knew that that person should have been hired. But oftentimes these businesses, and we represented a lot of smaller businesses too, they didn't have a process in place. They couldn't point to one place or another where they realized, oh yeah, we, we took a misstep. It was always, yeah, we just we wish we'd never hired them in the first place. They never were a good performer. And of course, those are the ones that always cause problems and, and that ended up with them having to contact their attorneys. Um, conversely, there were a lot of other problems that I, I saw in those early days as an attorney where they, the problems arose from someone leaving. It was actually quite talented. And it was the employer. They just failed to do what they had it, they had to do or needed to do to hang on to that talent. So long story short, just kind of always you know, been around the HR space and it started uh, from the legal lens. But every day I was always scratching my head wondering like, how do these people get hired? How do businesses not take their recruiting and hiring process more seriously? Because it's just one of those areas with so many pitfalls um, during the process. And then of course, if you screw up, or I shouldn't say screw up, but if you make a mistake, uh, the cows can really come home to pasture 
uh, down the line with a bad person in the wrong seat. Indeed. Well, it sounds like your past experience has definitely primed you for massive success in this space. Uh, you've brought with you a unique perspective. You've probably seen it all. That's it. Yeah. The perspective, you know, once I got into the software side of things, I started in sales. And of course, now I've um, matriculated into the partnership side. But it, it did give me that perspective, especially being able to empathize with the folks who use Hireology's product are typically HR directors or their managers. And many times, and in this industry, they're owners and operators of the business. Um, and, and I feel for them knowing what it's like to be in their seat. It'd be pretty lonely and very stressful. Um, so I think having that experience of um, what they have to deal with from a labor and employment counseling standpoint, employee relations, all that stuff... Um, when I talk about software and how it can help, it just would it, it makes the conversation that much more impactful and relatable. Indeed, being empathetic is uh, super powerful when you're trying to relate to people, and especially the home home care and home health industry right now, because the demands on the home care industry have not subsided, not even a little bit since everything peaked during COVID. In fact, I think more and more people are wanting care in the home and that's a trend that's going to continue. I'm curious if you have seen any trends emerge with home care agencies in their hiring practices so that they can maintain their current census and service levels and potentially grow because everybody wants to grow, right? Yeah, we, we, we 100% have, Aaron. I think to your point about coming out of COVID, more um, families and you know individuals in America when it comes to care realized I don't have to go to a facility. I can actually get a lot of this for myself or for a loved one administered at the home. So as we saw that demand increase, and obviously you have the you know growing baby boomer population that's needing these types of services, with the demand increasing meant okay, we need to hire more people. So one of the trends we've seen escalate in the last year and a half is really speed. Uh, we call it in hireology hiring velocity. It's really that time it takes, Aaron, from someone applying for a job to the moment they've accepted it and been hired. That has been compressed dramatically. And it's not just in the home care space. It's really any industry in America. Coming out of the pandemic, everybody was ramped and raring to go with hiring um, and rehiring staff. So it created this dilemma where there were more open jobs in the country than there was talent available. And because of that shortage you have to be fast. So we saw the average time to hire across a number of industries in home care, especially uh, cut in half from roughly it used to take maybe several weeks to hire and place a caregiver. Now we're seeing on average uh, 14 days or less. So that's one really big trend that's um, continued to accelerate. And we don't anticipate the hiring speed is, is going to slow down anytime soon. And I'd say the other trend is that uh, agencies are starting to realize that it's not all about quality when it comes to applicants. Uh, caregiver applicants used to be a dime a dozen. Not so anymore uh, for the same uh, issues and underlying problems that I just mentioned. So what we're finding is, is fascinating is they're, they're looking inward and looking at employee referrals. So really harnessing the power of your current staff as your greatest recruiters. Uh, the data is pretty clear. And I'm sure you've you know, just seen this in your own career, Aaron, that many caregivers guess what? They also have many other caregivers that are family and friends. Um, it's just one of those jobs where you tend to have birds of a feather flock together type of thing. Um, but where employers drop the ball is having a program or technology in place that really unlocks the potential 
of employee referrals. So as the applicant well dried up, um, we saw a lot of agencies, customers of ours and not customers, start to realize, I need to figure out a way to get more out of my current staff that are happy here. And how do I get them to get their friends and family uh, to apply? Gotcha. So what I'm hearing you say, you got to be fast. Got to be fast. And you've got to be a great place to work so that your current employees will tell all of their friends and family. You got it. Right? Yep. Those are two, you know, they're not bulletproof, but if there's two things you can focus on that that are going to help you, I would start there. You shared with me a pretty comprehensive applicant study that Hierology just did. So thank you. And I want to recommend all of the listeners to go and download the study because it had some really fascinating insights. And I think about 20% of the respondents were from the healthcare industry, but it was pretty broad, right? About 6,300 or so people that you surveyed. But it was pretty clear that even those healthcare workers whose positions are primarily known to be in person, because if somebody needs insulin or a medication at a time, you got to be there at that time. You got to be in person. There's little flexibility. You got to be punctual. But even those people are looking for way more flexibility in their work. I think 44% said that greater flexibility would actually keep them in their current role over a higher paying job. And 48% said that they would take a pay cut for the flexibility that they want. So what do you do about flexibility for roles like caregiving that can't happen remotely today? Uh, first, thank you for reading the study and for the, for the plug there. Uh, for those listening, it's called The Great Reassessment. Um, you can easily get a copy of that on Hierology's website, hierology.com. Um, and I hope it was a good sleeping aid for you, Aaron, because it, it does go pretty <laughs> in-depth. So unless you're an HR nerd like me... Um, or me, you know, or you too. Yeah, obviously. I hire people. <laughs> yeah, it is a total. Ca- I don't want to say catch twenty two, but it is one of these challenges. It's it's more difficult for agencies than it might be for another business to offer flexibility because coming out of the pandemic, right? Now, who doesn't know somebody that now can work from their bed forever if they so choose? Um, look, it boils where remote work's not possible, and agencies are not the only businesses where that's not in the cards. Hierology works with a lot of retail organizations who also have hourly workforce people, brick and mortar. They need the butts and seats, right? It's face-to-face interaction job. It boils down to scheduling flexibility. And that is another trend we've seen really in the, really this year is agencies come around to being as transparent as possible about, hey, here are the shifts that we have available. Um, and I think the next step from there is what can we do to accommodate your needs? Now, that could be with current staff or a prospective applicant, because that could make or break if they choose you or another agency or some other employer. Um, so I think the first thing you can do is just ask the questionnaire. Like, look, how can I meet you where you are? And in transparency, we don't have all the flexibility in the world, but we're going to do our best to meet your your needs. And you just got to play the hand you're dealt. Um, a lot of younger job seekers today really do appreciate that transparency. And so they may decide to work with you, even though you can't offer the same level of flexibility, maybe you were just, they really admired and respected the fact that you were open and honest, which they don't, you're not going to get that necessarily from Starbucks or Target or some other big corporation 
who can make some flexibility. But you know what I mean? Like these are small businesses that can, I think, have a frank one to one conversation, just be people. And that's refreshing in many cases. So, yeah, a little bit more personal touch. Yeah. So maybe things like schedule flexibility. If I have an appointment during the day, I'm not penalized for needing to take off, pick up a sick kid. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Exactly. Flexibility, work-life balance, you know, those kind of buzzwords. It doesn't just mean, oh, you have to give them Saturdays off or they can't work Monday more. Like, it's not about that. It's just simply meeting these employees where they are or at least putting up, um, making an effort. No different than our customers, you know, like I'm sure agencies, even historically, had to bend over backwards to meet their customers where they are. Like, oh, you're, you you moved and now you're this far away. Like, okay, like we'll, we'll do our best to get somebody out there in the same time, same, same days. Like, and how we, we go to market with that message of we're here to meet your loved ones or your needs. Like, I think you just got to port over that same methodology. You know, it sounds crazy of how we make accommodations and service our customers because job seekers today and employees have all the leverage. You got to at least try to make that same effort uh, with them. Yeah. Kind of treat them like consumers as well, because you're trying to sell them the job. 100%. This sounds like it could get a little bit complicated keeping track of all the details. Is there anything <laughs> Slightly. that technology can do to support the level of flexibility that the new generation of workers is looking for? Yeah, I'm glad you asked because as agency owners, operators, their head is in a million different places all all the time, right? And And this is one of those parts of the business that can get deprioritized because there's just frankly, other more pressing things they have to look to. So I think one, it it starts with your employment brand and having the right HR technology partners that ensure you're setting the right expectations during the candidate experience. Um, oftentimes we get feedback from applicants that there was a asymmetrical, you know, experience where they were told one thing during interviews, but the reality was another. So the transparency has to start from the beginning. Like, what do you say in your career site? If you have one, I hope you do. What do you say in your career site about the flexibility and work-life balance that that you offer here at XYZ Agency? Um, How do you communicate that in a job description? And then in the interview process, because as much as you're interviewing them today, more than ever, that person's interviewing you all, you know? So having a partner that can help you um, with maybe creating some of that, those types of assets is is key and i think it's um candidate experience is so clutch and so critical today because if they're judging you on pay and flexibility they're also judging you on how seamless was the interview process was it frictionless like ordering something on amazon that's where we're at today um you know can you i'm sure the biggest agencies in america have seamless processes do you and so for that it's you know does everything flow smoothly from the initial scheduling of the interview through getting my getting hired, getting onboarded in my first shift? So we recommend it looking at whatever HR tools you have, do they integrate into scheduling platforms like Aliacare? You know, similar to Hireology's partnership and integration with Aliacare. It just really makes for that ideal flow that's going to impress your new hire so they know that this company has its act together and um, it's leaving less less I guess room for that new person to be skeptical if this was the right place for them to work. Gotcha. That makes sense. So you need a nice platform that reduces the friction of the entire process from creating, 
hosting, delivering that content, keeping all the details housed in one place, and then seamlessly getting them into your scheduling software so that they can have their first shift. Right. And we're always talking about outcomes with our customers and the patients. Like, are, what is the promise we made to them in our advertising and then through whatever consultations we had with the family and the, the patient themselves all the way through? And here's what we delivered. And, you know, that all is hugely impactful on the outcomes across, you know, every health healthcare business, right, with reimbursements. Um, and it's the same concept here. Like, were you honest up front? Did you com- put it down, put pen to paper in a compelling way? Because uh, it's going to stick with applicants, especially the good ones. They're the ones that really care. And they're going to read the details. Home Healthcare News and Care teamed up in July of this year to do a survey and a webinar about retention and recruitment of home care professionals. 47% of respondents cited pay and benefits as the number one reason for employee churn. Sava Burhani, our SVP of customer success, highlighted in her presentation that caregivers are getting paid the same as what they would make in just any regular department store like Walmart. The context here and her point was Caregiving work is so much more demanding and so much more complicated than what you would do at Walmart. So there's no wonder why they want more money for their time. Their time is valuable. But from the study, from your study, I learned that 44% of applicants prioritize salary when they're doing their searches. I imagine that paying more is not an option for many of these agencies who are experiencing much lower reimbursement rates these days. Let's not even talk about 2023. Anyway, do you have any thoughts on how we can overcome this math problem? Oh boy, this is the this is the money question right here. Look, the we absolutely appreciate that the economics oftentimes just don't pencil for agencies to offer a higher rate than they already are offering. Um, so in those instances, Aaron, what we advise our customers to focus on is a concept. You hear this, not just at Hyrology, but across the, the human capital landscape. It's called emotional salary. So those are non-monetary. Um, it's non-monetary enrichment. And, and that can shake out to a few things. One, uh, do you offer that better life, work balance, and flexibility we touched on a, a few minutes ago? Um, What type of agency culture or mission are you uh, advocating? You know, that's become a very, very uh, top um, focus for Gen Z and millennial job seekers is they want to work at a a place that actually the mission and the values resonate and connect with theirs. Very important, unlike any other previous generation. And then the last thing is a career path. And I think a career path oftentimes can be more compelling and then compensation. Here's why. If you can successfully paint the picture for this person, where they'll be six months from now, 12 months from now, maybe two years from now, and how you're going to coach them to get them there, both in terms of comp and career development, that might resonate. Not might, it probably will resonate with the right person. Not everybody, but the individual who doesn't want to hire a caregiver that could actually be with you for a long time and elevate themselves into management and operations role, something in the back office, perhaps. So if you message that properly and you land the right person, you know, that's somebody who may um, 
let's say they may take the job making $13 an hour right now with the promise and a commitment that in two years time or however long it's going to take, you'll be making $25 an hour doing this for our business compared to, yeah, go ahead, take that job at Chick-fil-A that's offering you $17.50 tomorrow. What kind of growth do you have there? You go from chicken nugget cook to cashier making 25 cents more an hour, maybe. So I think that the devil's in the details always. And it's for us, the emotional salary, what are you offering non-monetary and being really crystal clear about it, especially with the career growth can make all the difference when you can't offer more money at the time of hire. I also read in Hireology study that the average applicant applies to at least 16 companies these days or at least 50% or more of applicants apply to that many companies. So that means any employer out there is competing with 15 others to find that one good caregiver. Beyond what we've already explored, how else can you compete with these other agencies for great talent when you can't necessarily hike their pay? So this is going to sound contradictory to the data that you just highlighted, but in a separate hireology survey we conducted, um, on one question in particular was what is the top reason that influenced? So it wasn't so much about what are you searching for? It's which that that's what you just referenced, Aaron. This other survey was about what influenced and ultimately like made you decide to go to one employer as opposed to the other, if you had multiple offers. And the top reason was a superior candidate experience. In other words, so 67 of the respondents in this one survey said, they ultimately decided to go to the company that offered the best hiring and interview process. The, the one that offered the best pay, benefits, etc. Those were reasons three and four. Um, I think reason number two, actually, in that survey might have been career path. Yes, you're always going to have a lot of people that they don't care. It's just about the money. Fine. Maybe we don't want them. Maybe those kind of individuals that are just looking for the highest pay don't fit with our values here at, at XYZ Agency. So I think if you can deliver an exceptional candidate experience that rivals the consumer experience that you offer, that is going to put you in a more competitive position. Because can- candidates want to move quickly. They want to be dazzled. Um, you know, Can I do everything in a, from applying to interviewing on my phone? All that stuff matters today. And, and many agencies um, don't really... It's not that they don't get it, but I don't think they they hear enough about it that it actually does matter. And it might make somebody's mind up to work for you because you were more um, easy to work with in the hiring process and you looked more professional than the agency that's offering two bucks more an hour. But they took forever to respond and they seemed a little disorganized and so on. You know, we've already touched on that a word of mouth referral from an employee is way more valuable and effective than say going to Indeed. I'm going to trust my friend over something that I see on yeah. the web, right? And it's, it's personal. But if these programs are not well designed and they're not well published and they're hard to, to get paid for those referrals, I'm imagining that n- not a whole lot of employees are going to take advantage of them or even think yeah. about it. Have you seen any really creative ways to implement these programs to increase adoption? Yeah, I think what we're seeing with our own customers using hireology referrals is uh, they are doing stuff like, um, so our, our program is run all through a QR code. So they're putting a QR code 
on uh, in the break rooms. If it, you know, there's a, a home office, they're texting it out to all the caregivers. They're emailing these QR codes out to caregivers. So all you have to do is pull out your phone and then simply, yeah, it initiates a chat bot. It's really slick. Then you type in the, the email or cell phone number of your friend or your family member, and they get a text message. And that initiates a sequence for them to submit their information. Nobody needs to email anyone. There's no, fa- no faxing, no, no getting on the phone. Um, so I think that just speaks volumes, like having technology that makes it simple and fun to engage your employees. Uh, and the engagement is off the charts. Because not only do they, everybody likes chatbots. I mean, we just we use them all the time in our daily lives these days. Um, but they, of course, they have friends that they want to refer. We see uh, at Hireology, according to our data, 10% of employee referrals are hired compared to 2% or 10% of applicants that are referrals are hired. So, you know, I, if I give you 100 referrals, 10 of them will be hired. Same number of applicants that came from Indeed, only two are hired. So huge difference in terms of the quality of individual from a referral. So that's important for the employer. And then we're seeing more of them leverage technology that helps them run engagement campaigns, not just with past referrals, but past applicants. So somebody that applied a year ago for a caregiver position or maybe an office job didn't get it, or they took another role. We're seeing our customers leverage like text messaging or email campaigns back to those same people basically re-engaging with them. Hey, we have another opening. We know that you applied in the last year and timing maybe didn't work out or whatever. We'd love to to open the conversation back up. That's a, that's a crazy effective tactic that um, more agencies are finding success with because some people, they, they realize, though, the grass wasn't greener at that place that I left for or I took the other offer. And um, yeah, you know, you know, you have to ask. Just as simple as that. That's brilliant especially those that you are regrettable churn, right? You didn't really want them to leave. Just tap them on the shoulder. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I think I read that for every one applicant right now, there's at least two jobs. So, and I feel that we're still struggling with trying to find that pipeline. So diversifying where you're finding all of your applicants is probably important. So you're going to have to use some of those Indeeds or mycnajobs.com, right? So my question for you, if I'm an employer, I know that I'm competing with 15 other employers or more just to get that one great caregiver. So I feel like it's really important to get that job advertisement right. Is there anything special that I can do with a job description if I'm going to use those online platforms to make them stand out in and highlight some of those things we've been talking about, the emotional part of it and the career path. Sure can. And we say every job description needs to over-index and, in other words, focus on the qualities you're looking for in this individual, not the experience. Way too many job descriptions you see on the job boards. It just goes right into, this position does X, Y, Z, and this is how much you're going to work, like in reports to so-and-so. Okay. All right. Now you've lost me in just the whole mix of thousands and thousands of other postings. So if you focus on the qualities of an individual you're looking for, odds are it's going to cast a wider net. Um, Caregiver experience is great, but it shouldn't be absolutely mission critical. You should be asking, you know, are you empathetic, compassionate, you know, service oriented, things like adjectives like that that you want to see in this person. That's what somebody's looking for in a job description out the gate. 
Also, if you can back that right up with the why work here. Some of the best job descriptions we see in the market, they talk about the job duties and responsibilities or experience required last. Almost like it's an afterthought. Um, because this is an advertisement, you know, no ads lead with the most boring part. Like, you know, Coke doesn't run a TV ad leading with, are you looking for a sugar filled caffeinated beverage? No, they're like, you know, it's all the fluff of here's how great you're going to feel. And you're going to look when you drink a Coke, um, job description has to be the same way. So this is like, gotta be an ad. This is how awesome it is to work here. And we, you know, we're looking for people like you. Does it, do you fit the bill? Are you caring and empathetic and a curious person? Whatever. Like, oh, by the way, uh, we offer caregiving services to, you know, elderly, you know, senior citizens. Like, that's legitimately how these job descriptions should read if you want to stand out. Mm-hmm. So the emotional component, just like an advertisement. Correct. That makes sense yeah. because, well, we don't buy anything unless we're emotional about it. Like it's the feeling that we buy. Exactly. So it makes sense that we wouldn't buy into a job or an employer if we didn't feel good about being there. Yeah. And caregiver agencies have a real, I think, advantage here and a, a strong card to play because it does tap into someone's, uh, you know, emotional, um, their just their level of empathy, right? And connectedness. And if you're someone who has a lot of empathy and, and a desire to serve others, this could be a great opportunity for you. You just have to couch it in those terms and maybe take away, not take away some of the aspects of the job that aren't as glamorous, but really just hammer on those points of, hey, this job may, you know, even though we know it's not going to pay as much, if this is what you get gratif- you know, what you get gratification out of in life, this might be for you. Helping somebody make their day by simply folding their clothes, you know, help someone who can't help themselves. Like that kind of stuff resonates uh, again with the right, the right audience. So you're going to start helping write job descriptions then, aren't you? Cause you did, you did a wonderful <laughs> I, job uh, just there. <laughs> uh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I'll uh, maybe create a side hustle. Well, in all candor, that's something that Hyrology does for our customers. Um, okay. You know, not only will our product help post the job descriptions, but um, it's something that's always been our wheelhouse with helping customers understand like what are the best practices there? Uh, because I'm glad you asked the question. A job description sometimes people think is just like, eh, I just need to get this posted. But it it's really important to spend time and um, you know then uh, then you can follow a formula so you don't have to reinvent the wheel every single time. But you find one that you like and you start to see works. You can duplicate that across other openings. Right, that's brilliant. I want to take it in a different direction because uh, I've I've read and I've talked to a lot of agencies who are complaining and maybe it's because their job descriptions aren't what they should be. But <laughs> it might be, are, might be. It's time to do some uh, uh, introspection on those job descriptions. Could be. But the complaint these days is they're being ghosted. They're being ghosted in the application process or the onboarding process maybe because it's taking too long from that point of application to point of hire for some reason. But what can agencies do to still go through the proper screening, but not drag that out so that people become disinterested or they get scooped up by another employer? It's a tough, um, you got to toe the line, right? Especially with hiring these kinds of positions, you can't just put anybody on payroll. So you got to find that balance, strike that balance of, of quality. Um, you know, not, not sacrifice quality for speed. Uh, cause it's easy to do that. You can hire someone real quickly, but they may not be the best. Um, 
one of the, the key features we're seeing uh, our customers use and other agencies just across the industry adopt is texting. So to move the process along, instead of emailing and calling and leaving a voicemail, we found that just communicating everything through text, schedule the next interview. Hey, can you take this assessment? Or hey, we need this um, document, like your driver's license, whatever it is, just text it to us. That can increase your speed to hire by two days or more. Because everybody likes texting today. Um, I, I think the typical Gen Z that's like 22 years old, if somebody calls them, they like freak out. So <laughs> remember, rude, right? Why yeah, are you if you're me? an agency, <laughs> yeah, I joke around when I'm on the traveling, giving presentations. Like if you're an agency owner, operator, manager with kids that are teenagers or, you know, in their twenties, just think about how often they call you. They're like, hey, mom, just text me. Um, you have to do that if you want to get quick responses. And then with ghosting, Look, that it just really sucks. Um, part of my French, but it does. And we have no silver bullet to curb that. But what we've found helps mitigate it a little bit is through texting. So if you have an interview tomorrow, if you email that person confirming the interview, you send an email reminder, it just goes right to the maybe the spam email folder. But if you text them, um, they at least may be up front with you like, hey, I found another offer I'm more interested in. Thanks. Bye. Uh, so then it gives you a shot of not wasting you know, 30 minutes waiting for somebody to come on or come in for an interview. That's really good advice. I think there's also a sort of a cohort of caregivers that don't even have email addresses. I know that's sometimes a, a challenge for em- employers. So definitely like the idea of starting to use text uh, way more in that process. You know, we've talked about recruitment a lot, but I'd like to ask you at least one question about retention. Caregiving, nobody is going to deny that it's a really hard job. It's you're taking care of people, you're taking care of their space, they're not always appreciative, sometimes they're combative, and caregivers do get burnout. So, do you have any tips, tricks, ideas for employers to help prevent that burnout? I do have a few. Okay. Uh, it's unavoidable, especially with what we're faced today. With Most agencies are understaffed, more demand than ever. Like We hear about agencies turning business away in some cases. And that's tough. You know? And we want to we do everything we can to help them make business, right? be a better business, operate more profitably. So uh, a few tips. One, you know, this is this is not like me speaking as a hierology representative and talking about technology. It's be aware. I think it's first and foremost, like make sure your people know that you hear them, you see them. Uh, you know, I think a lot of times it's just you have to read the tea leaves because they may not feel comfortable telling you how they feel. Um, some some employees do, but I think we all know that a lot of our employees keep things to themselves. So m- make sure they know that you empathize and understand that they're they're feeling like that level of burnout. Um, the next step is you've got like, kind of like how we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, you got to make accommodations or at least like create the perception that you're, you're making that effort. So what are you doing to implement real solutions or at least like you're, you're trying to figure out what a solution might be. So one example, uh, we do this here at Hireology, no questions asked mental health days. It's not PTO. Um, well, I mean, it technically can be considered PTO. Talk to, talk to your, your lawyer. Uh, but a mental health day is simply someone just needs a break. 
And I'm not going to ask questions. Uh, oh, where are you going? Is this a vacation? Are you sick? Like, you know, what? you need a day and we can get the coverage or like someone who can step up. You got it. Um, access to counseling, uh, that you know, providing these other perks that maybe you've thought about in the past, but didn't feel like were really necessary because you have you have your health insurance, you have your medical and dental and a four hundred one k. What else could they need? Well, again, job seekers' expectations have evolved, and many of them would rather have maybe access to go see a therapist um, or some other type of like health and well being perk. Um, there's a variety of providers out there that you can easily Google and see what kind of. Um, you know, solutions they have. Employee recognition can curb turn um, uh, burnout a little bit. You know, who doesn't love feeling valued? I always, I talk about even with my own team, there's a difference between when you feel pressure versus stressed. I think people feel pressure to perform in, uh, in a job when they do feel valued and they value the work. You feel stressed and you start to feel burnt out when those other things aren't true. You know what I mean? So, the more that you can recognize folks that are doing good work on staff and, and speak up, even if you feel like it's totally, you know, like it's fluff and it, it's something really silly, just say it. Uh, and there's tons of great examples of agencies out there doing stuff today. Um, daily huddles, email shout outs. I mean, shoot, there's even new technologies that have come out in the last couple of years that are purely designed for employee recognition and, um, and rewards. So I would encourage uh, agencies to look at to look there. And then the last piece is, uh, you know, for the topic of the day, doing your absolute best to improve and strengthen your hiring and um, recruiting process. Having a full staff is arguably the only tried and true way to avoid burnout. Uh, people are going to get burnt out if they're working longer hours. They don't have as much control over their scheduling. If there's you know fewer people, so just doing your due diligence to make sure you have open roles filled. And I don't know why, but still to this day, Aaron, we have agencies tell us that, well, I don't need to hire anybody right now. I'm good. So I'm going to cancel my subscription or I'm, I'm not going to post anything to Indeed. That's not the right approach. You got to always be recruiting, always have a bench, utilize re-engaging past applicants, even if you're full for talent. Like It's just always so important that you're keeping that bench fresh because you never know when you're going you're gonna to drop somebody. And, um, you know, thinking about it, that it's not just about building your bench, but you're doing something that's going to help potentially alleviate burnout. Um, that might make a difference in someone's eyes. I think that's a really important point. Um, if you don't have enough staff, they are going to get burnout. And then you can't have that flexibility that we've talked about. That's so important because you can't afford to let them take that mental health day. So really great points that you just made there for sure. So I know we are approaching the end of our time, but before we wrap it up, do you have any final comments on industry challenges around recruitment and retention that we haven't talked about yet? We covered a lot of ground today. Um, it's good. I would say the, you know, the last thing to note is for any employer out there, just embrace the fact that times have changed. Expectations have changed. Um, you know, the more we just kind of like dig in and say, well, this isn't how it was when I applied, right? And it wasn't this way several years ago. You're just going to keep putting yourself further and further at disadvantage. So the more employers step up to the plate and realize what today's, get in tune with today's job seeker and the things we talked about, Aaron, that's what's going to help propel them forward and staying competitive. And 
sure, it's a bitter pill to swallow at first to roll out the red carpet for these caregivers. Um, you know, it, it, 15 years ago, the caregiver industry was radically different in terms of what our customers expected from us. And I think, you know, everybody just took it on the chin back then. And now, you know, business has been much better and it's bigger than ever before. So I think we have to, you know, learn those lessons from the past and how we've had to evolve and change as an industry, import that over to how we now treat and um, interact with our applicants. If we, again, if you, you can do nothing, certainly, but I wouldn't expect anybody to be um, successful long term by just continuing to dig in and do what you've been doing. Uh, it's just not, it's, it's not only going to get work, but you're just going to get lapped by the competition, both from within your industry and outside. So the sooner you can just embrace it and change is hard, uh, but you'll be better off in the long run. Yeah. People don't like the change or people like the change. They just don't like the transition. So good, good words of advice. Just hang in there and do it anyway. Do that thing. That's yeah. And take you. it one step at a time. Like, how do you, how do you, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a one time. Bite. So <laughs> coming out of today, if you're like, wow, this is great content. This is overwhelming. Like I have a headache. Start with one thing. Maybe it's just evaluating your job descriptions and how do those read and try to punch them up and fall in line with some of the best practices we shared. Or it's looking at your career site or evaluating the flexibility you can offer. Don't try to fix everything at once. I think is also really, really important here. Absolutely. Absolutely. So to wrap us up today, I don't want to fail to mention that Hierology is offering our listeners 15% off of the essentials and the pro packages. I'm curious, do you have any additional details you want to share about what's included in these packages? Yeah, uh, thanks for asking. So those are our two most popular packages with our home care customer base. Um, it'll get you a lot of the things we covered today on the essentials piece, which is developing an employment brand, Aaron, having that career site and the, the job distribution to a bunch of different job boards, not just one, plus the tools to move the process along quickly and stay organized, etc. And then the, the other package pro uh, will include a lot of these employee referral uh, program technologies and re-engagement of past applicants that we discussed. So both two really um, impactful solutions. We're really pleased to offer it at that 15% discount for anybody interested. Uh, you can reach out to me personally. I'll make sure you get in touch with the right rep. My email is mmcsherry at hierology.com. Uh, of course, feel free to connect through our friends at Eliacare and they'll put you in touch with us. The only other thing I'd plug here is that Hierology has its annual user conference coming up next month in, uh, in October. Uh, yeah, for anyone interested, there's uh, it's in person in Chicago. There also will be a virtual attendance option. So it's called Elevate. Uh, this is the fifth year uh, running now. We've done it. Uh, check out more details at hierology.com slash elevate. Tons. I mean, if you, if you found today's conversation useful, this will be almost an entire day of conversations just like it. Um, from folks in your industry and also other industries on what they're doing to combat uh, the current labor market challenges. So I uh, hope you can make it to that. That's exciting. So if you are interested in what you heard today, or if you have this deer in the headlights look because you don't know where to start, <laughs> we have a solution for you with our wonderful partners at Hierology. Thank you so much, Mike, for spending some time with us today and sharing your wisdom and I'm just excited that there's so many actionable insights um, that people can come away with today. And yeah, just thank you so much for your time. You bet, Aaron. Let's do it again sometime soon. Absolutely. 
Home Health 360 is presented by Eliacare. First off, I want to thank our amazing guests and listeners. To get more episodes, you can go to eliacare.com forward slash home health 360. That's spelled home health 360 or search home health 360 on any of your favorite podcasting platforms. The easiest way to stay up to date on our new shows is to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We also have a newsletter you can sign up for on aliacare.com forward slash homehealth360 to get alerts for new shows and more valuable content from Aliacare right into your inbox. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.